What's up, Red Raider Nation, and welcome to episode 13 of the Lone Raider Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am your host, Joni Young, and with me today, we got a new guest to the show, new face here. We got our good friend, Nesto Martinez. What's up, Nesto? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty great. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. I know you uh, definitely hopped on the last uh, couple of Twitter spaces that we've had, and you know, finally... Uh, Finally got you on the podcast, man. You've listened to every ep up to this point. We were discussing uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you, man. You're, you're, you're one of uh, three fans I think we have of this podcast. So, you know, always want to get you on. always want to represent uh, those of us who, uh, those who listen to us. You know, really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> So uh, on today's episode, we'll be briefly recapping this past Saturday's game in Stillwater. It's kind of old news at this point. I don't really want to touch on it too much, but you know, since it did happen and we don't have a game this weekend, I'm going to touch on it just just a little bit, kind of give our thoughts on it, and uh, then we'll be uh, following up with uh, one of our favorite segments, Easy Money. And we're really excited. Got a good slate of college football games this weekend. Excited to uh, hopefully win some money. Uh, this weekend uh, didn't really uh didn't do a good job last weekend, but you know, hey, this is a new week. You know, we we coach the process around here, not the result. And uh, as per usual, we'll kick this one off with a triple R segment. Before we get into that, I want to remind y'all to go follow our social media accounts. That is at Lone Raider Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even on Amazon Music. Uh, regardless of where you're listening, though, welcome into your sixth favorite Texas Tech sports podcast brought to you by the fans. Who give a damn? With that said, let's go ahead and jump right into the uh, Ritter recap segment on the show. So we haven't really kept up with Texas Tech soccer or volleyball recently, and I need to uh, really just kind of fill you guys in on what's been going on over there, what the girls have been doing uh, so far. Uh, I think since the last time we really went over what Texas Tech soccer or volleyball was doing, uh, it's been about four games. We've played four games in uh, recent weeks. So kind of jumping in with uh, Texas Tech soccer. Well, where we left off, we went into uh, Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowgirls and came away with a tie, knotted that one up at one apiece. Uh, goal scored by Elise Anderson in the fifth minute, and then we allowed a goal by uh, Matty Prenner uh, in the 31st minute. Came away with a tie in this one, but then... We would uh, rattle off three straight dubs against teams like OU, Iowa State, and Kansas State. It's almost like they said, you know what? We um, we had a loss against Texas. We uh, tied up Oklahoma State. I think we're gonna try now. I think we're finally gonna gonna get off that, get over that hump, and just absolutely go out and flatten out all our opponents. That's exactly what this Texas Tech soccer team did. Following the tie to OSU, they would go into Norman and beat the Sooners on their home turf 2-1 to one with goals scored by Ashley Williams in the 14th and Hannah Anderson in the 27th minute. They would also allow a goal in the 83rd. I believe that one was a uh, kind of off one of our own players and uh, kind of scoring ourselves there. But it was almost shut out either way and um, that kind of wrapped up a two-game road trip in Oklahoma. They would come back and um, beat the absolute breaks off Iowa State in Lubbock at the John Walker Song Soccer Complex, winning that game three to nil with two goals, two goals 
scored by Ashley Williams uh, in the 25th and 60th minute and by Macy Schultz in the 62nd minute of that game. Just an absolute all-out manslaughter of the Cyclones in Lubbock, Texas. Following that game, they would then uh, they would uh, travel into Manhattan, Kansas, and take down Kansas State one to nil with a goal scored by Ashley Williams in the seventy seventh minute. Ashley Williams, like you probably heard heard me uh, bring up her name quite a bit, just going over that little uh, four game recap there. Uh, yeah, she has seven goals on the season so far, uh, just helping propel the Red Raiders to now a 7-3-5 record. They will travel to Lawrence, Kansas, where they will play Kansas on Sunday, October 16th. Yeah, that wraps up Red Raiders soccer right there. Getting into volleyball, though. So, like I said, you know, it's been four... Um, Last four games in in soccer, we also had four matches in volleyball that we kind of wanted to go ahead and recap. Where we left off, uh, Texas Tech would host Kansas State at the USA, where they would sweep the Wildcats three sets to zero with big performances by our girl, uh, future Big Tw- Big Twelve Conference Player of the Year, Kenna Sauer, with 16 kills and three blocks. Also had Brooke Canals with eight kills and six blocks. Reagan Cooper, eight kills, one block. Maddie O'Brien with six kills and three blocks. Following that, Texas Tech would um, would uh, unfortunately lose to uh, first ranked Texas. Uh, in the USA, it, it was a valiant effort. It was a valiant effort, but Texas is number one for a reason. They are they've uh, they they are a volleyball school. I, I don't give Texas a whole lot of credit, much of anywhere, but they've always had really decent volleyball squads. They would get swept three sets to zero. Um, however, you know, still has some good performances by um, like we we're just mentioning your name. Kenneth Sauer, she had 12 kills and one block in this game. Reagan Cooper with 10 kills and two blocks. Carrington Jones with five kills and four blocks in this game. And then Matty O'Brien with four kills and one ace. So, yeah, still some pretty, pretty, pretty gutsy performances there by these girls. After that, the uh, Red Raiders would travel to Fort Worth to take on TCU. And although it looked promising at the start, TCU would, however, get the win three sets to one, led by Brooke Kanas with 14 kills in one block, followed by Reagan Cooper at 14 kills, two blocks. Kenneth Sauer with uh, 13 kills. Thought I wasn't going to mention her name. You're damn wrong. Uh, 13 kills, one block. And two aces. Awesome, awesome performance by Kenneth Sauer. And then Caitlin Duggan, uh, Dugan or Doug, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, she had nine kills with one block in that game. So still, still a valiant effort. Uh, side note to that game, though, uh, Brooke Noss and uh, Carrington Jones. So Brooke Noss eclipsed 1,000 career kills in that game, and Carrington Jones uh, had her uh, eclipsed. 300 career blocks. So career days by both those girls against TCU in Fort Worth. And following that one, they would head back to Lubbock to take on the Sooners of Oklahoma, where they would uh, get back in the win column, beating OU three sets to one, where they were led by Reagan Cooper with uh, 16 kills, two blocks, followed by Kenneth Sauer, 14 kills, Caitlin Duggan with 13 kills and eight blocks, and Brooke Kanas with 12 kills and three blocks. Texas Tech Volleyball is now 14-4 and four on the season and will um, 
try to go into Lawrence to take on the Jayhawks this Saturday at 1 p.m. and hopefully come away with a dub in that one. I think they can do it. Kansas always had a pretty good volleyball squad, but I think they match up pretty well against them. So that will kind of wrap up the Red Raider recap segment there. Uh, going to go ahead and get into um, into the game this past Saturday in Stillwater for this football team where we saw quite the gutsy performance by a couple of um, couple of Red Raiders. So, Zo- uh, I almost said Zuni. <laughs> Nesto. <laughs> Nesto, man. I was so used to saying Zuni, man. Zuni's Nesto, man. Me. So, I think you watch this game. You know, kind of g- give me your initial reaction to um to this game to the outcome. Just your overall thoughts on this one, man. Um, usually when Texas Tech loses, um, you can find a variety of reasons, and ultimately you end up being disappointed. I didn't feel disappointed by the end results of this. I liked the fight that we had, and ultimately I, I felt like we could have won this game. But I also understand why we lost this game. I mean, you throw in uh, Morton, he's a freshman, right? Um, Retro freshman, yeah. Yeah, he comes right right in first drive. Amazing. And oh. just off of that first drive, I could just tell, oh, this kid got it. Um, in my opinion, better than Smith. And if he could, if he's always had this potential, why didn't we start him sooner? That's, that's just one of the questions I have. Um, but, I mean, overall, the team – Put up a great performance. Just came up a little bit short. I mean, OSU is number seven for a reason. Uh, they fell back to eight, I believe, um, after they played us. We ranked them. <laughs> we brought them down. <laughs> we went oh, yeah, down. Yeah, we we took them, them with us. <laughs> yeah, we took them with us. <laughs> one spot, one spot. But yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying, man. And that's going to be a debate that a lot of fans are kind of having right now as to should Barron have been starting majority of the season over Donovan Smith? Was you know he just not that good in practice? Did he need to be thrown into the deep water into a game like that in order to kind of unlock his potential? You know, maybe he wasn't showing what he showed us on Saturday in practice throughout the week. And I feel like you, Kitley, really adapted his system to fit Baron Morton a little bit better. And um, like you mentioned, that first and opening drive, that was just, you know, flawless. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Once that, um, you know, touchdown that Dram Bradley score that he threw to Dram Bradley, I was like, oh, okay. I, I think Texan business, you know, because what, what we haven't done is gotten off to hot starts recently. And that was really hot. I think it was, it was like a 10 play drive or something really kind of chip, chip, chipped away, uh, you know, wasted some clock. And then, you know, we ended it with the, with the touchdown. It was awesome. Really loved that opening drive. From then on, I knew like, okay, you know what? We're we're in business. Like, I, I think we can uh, think we can make something happen here. You know, um, and just kind of initial thoughts going into the game. You know, I think any reasonable Tech Tech fan would say like, you know, I uh, like it's like let's just, let's just see what we can do. Let's just put up a good fight. Like, we're probably not going to beat seventh ranked Oklahoma State on their home turf. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen, but let's just hope that they go out there, they put up a good fight, they play four quarters of tough, hard nosed football, and that's what they did. You know, they they absolutely did that. We saw um, kind of a glimpse of the future uh, in what Baron Morton could be, and uh, kind of going over some um, some of his numbers. He had thirty nine completions for three hundred and seventy nine yards, two touchdowns, and one interception, and his first ever 
career start at the Cowboys. Um, not a bad performance at all, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was expecting the one interception at some point with some of the risks he was taking. Um, I just also felt like we did a lot of screens, and I felt eventually that was going to catch on. But um, when he threw that interception, I just – I mean, you you know, you just take it what it is. He's a freshman. You learn. Yeah, there was definitely um, some growing pains that we witnessed this past week. There were some times I'm like, why, why, why would you do that? Why would you? And then you kind of have to sit back and remind yourself, like, hey, he's a young guy. He's never played uh, a game <laughs> in, in college yet. Let's, let's go ahead and just, just dial it back a little bit. You know, and those are just some of the growing pains they're going to go through. And I thought in the face of adversity, he handled himself very well, um, considering that, you know, once again, going against a really good Oklahoma State squad, they have a really good defense. And it's, it's on the road, it's not home, hostile environment. That does play a factor. And your offensive line has not been, you know, very consistent, very good this year. Uh, they've allowed a lot of sacks. They uh, just, you know, like, this is something that's kind of like, it, it, it's very inconsistent, I will say. I don't think this is a terrible offensive line that we have. It's just, you know, it, it's not good. <laughs> kind of put it that way. It, it's just not good. Um, like, there's some plays where, you know, they're giving Barron or, uh, or even Smith, uh, you know, he has like, you know, three, four, five seconds to get rid of the ball. And they're, they're doing their job. They're holding them up. And then other, other times, even when they don't even bring, pressure they just you know give up a sack in like two seconds he got like you know or or they get a pressure and he has to roll out or you know make something happen with his legs and you know something like that and it, it's kind of frustrating when you don't see that consistency by the offensive line and uh, i thought for the most part considering all that i think you had luke fungi who was out with an injury in the, no no i think luke fungi actually uh, uh had a couple of receptions in this game i uh, think it was so, price oh price yeah sorry price yeah, yeah, price I know I know Fungi was dealing with a with a shoulder injury as well, and he didn't get much much action, if really any, in this game. Uh, but Price is out out an injury. He's been the top receiver for this for this Texas Tech offense. Um, but kind of going over some uh, some receiving leaders though. First up, Jaram Bradley with eight receptions, 119 yards, and one touchdown. That would be a beautiful fantasy day in football. Um, I'll tell you <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I wish that Terry McLaurin had that yesterday, but did not. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, yeah, Trey Cleveland really just coming up big. You know, he, for whatever reason, I've kind of noticed this whenever there's a free play and the quarterback just kind of chucks it up out there, Trey Cleveland, he somehow comes down with a miraculous grab and it's a free play and it stands because defense was, was offsides. Like, it's, it's crazy to see that. That's happened like three or four times this season. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty wild. And then uh, Xavier White was also another receiving leader with eight receptions, sixty-two yards, and a touchdown. So a lot of good, um, a lot of good games by this receiving core. Uh, going into some rushing leaders, though, Stroudick Thompson, uh, averaging four point four yards a carry, eighty-seven yards on the day, and a touchdown. Uh, definitely one of their, uh, definitely one of the shifty backs that we have. Yeah, I kind of like Stroudick Thompson. And Taj Brooks is dynamic, where Taj Brooks really the in between the tackles kind of downhill runner, you know, gonna gonna run through you, not around you. Whereas Roderick Thompson, kind of a little more shifty, but he can also you know deliver the blows. He can deliver some hits. He can make uh, guys miss left and right, and you know he he can ultimately get in the end zone. That's what you want. Uh, Taj Brooks not as good of a day though. Um, only averaged like two yards a carry. Uh, he had eight yards total in this game. So 
Yeah, I believe he only had four carries. Yeah, second um, second leading rusher to uh, this past week was actually Baron Morton, uh, who had 53 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, not a not a great day on the ground for us, uh, aside from Strider Thompson though. But felt like it was um, it, it was enough to to really give Oklahoma State a good scare, and because you you were leading for the majority of this game, you know that's yeah, something I mean, that nobody expected. And uh, yeah, you were you're you're up like 30, 31 to twenty three at this point. You're up by eight. You know who saw that coming? Absolutely freaking nobody. You're lying to yourself if you did. Um, but what we also saw in this game, uh, and you, you could tell like just going into the fourth quarter because we're leading kind of late in the third quarter, and then Oklahoma State just kind of rattles off eighteen points unanswered to win the game. You saw the difference between an average team and Texas Tech and a really good team at Oklahoma State. And a really good team in Oklahoma State is one that um, is going to play from behind, but they're never going to panic, and they're just going to ultimately flip that switch. You know, Texas Tech didn't really flip a switch. Like, yes, we started the game off really hot. We you know, kept that momentum going for the most part until we kind of stalled out there in the fourth quarter. But that's when Oklahoma State excelled. Like, they excelled towards the end of the games. They didn't let an eight-point deficit at home really affect them. They went out and scored 18 unanswered almost like like that, like, like they were expected to, like it was supposed to happen. And so that's what really kind of separates just an average team from a really good team in Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. And now I think we will get there. I think this Tech squad is going to be on that level. Give it a few years. You know, you know McGuire is really instilling this tough, gritty, hard-nosed culture that you love to see. And that's going to take us a long way. And I think pretty soon we're going to be competing on that level, maybe even sooner than we might think uh, on the level of Oklahoma State. So uh, uh, what, what are kind of your thoughts on that, man? Um, I just want to add that uh, more than at the – like towards the end of the fourth or third quarter, my bad, um, he did kind of suffer an injury – and you could just tell that it was he wasn't the same. Yeah, he could barely yeah. run, and he was trying to toughen it out. But it also hurt the offense. Just he lost his mobility, and it just made it really easy for that Oklahoma State defense to just take over. So I also think that that played a huge part of like their comeback. We just couldn't get it going anymore on offense. Yeah, I definitely hear you, man. Um, you know that. Injury that Morton suffered. I mean, he still played through it because he's a tough guy. And I feel that, um, you know, I I feel like it's really good that we have this bye week and the week that we do, you know, giving uh, Aaron some time to some time to rest up, some time to heal up a little bit. Uh, similarly with the rest of the guys on the squad, you know, Luke Fungi, I think was dealing with a shoulder shoulder injury. Um, Tyler Shuck, I don't know if he's going to be back for the West Virginia game. I think he's probably going to. Uh, I have Baylor return coming from McGuire. And so, you know, maybe see Baron for another week, and which I think would be um, really good to see how he does at home against a West Virginia team that uh, who actually won yesterday. They beat Baylor uh, in Morgantown. That was actually a really good game. I, uh, flipped, I flipped to that game because uh, I, I just could not watch Bears and Commanders <laughs> play. Like, it was basically Colts, Broncos, 2.0, second week. I mean, <laughs> My goodness, was that atrocious? And so, I like, you know what? I, w- I want to see just, I, I want to see some touchdowns, you know. 
that's why I switched did over you, to did it. Did you see the ending of that game though? I did see the ending of that game and uh pretty pretty devastating for Justin Fields. Oh man, I just I just Darnell Mooney as well. Like oh it, just, it was in his hands. He just catches yeah. it clean. Like it's in your hands. You yeah, doesn't bobble it. it, you know. That's that's a touchdown and the Bears win. So fortunately it was not the case. But uh yeah, I ended up watching the um West Virginia Baylor game. West Virginia got the dub. Uh there's like forty three to forty in that one. Um beating a pretty dang good Baylor squad. I think Baylor has a pretty pretty potent offense. I think Blake Shapin, their quarterback, got injured. Um not sure how long that one's gonna linger for. Uh, but they were playing with the backup quarterback for a good chunk of that game. Uh, and that dude has an arm too. I forget his name, but he definitely, he's got an arm, dude. He can sling that <laughs> sucker. And, um, you know, of course, West Virginia going to air it out. Got Graham Harrell, but they actually did, I think, a good good chunk of damage on the ground. So kind of, you know, previewing a little bit of the uh, West Virginia game. We'll, we'll, we'll do a whole episode where we preview West Virginia as well, but that's just kind of our initial thoughts on that one. So, you know, you play both those opponents in back-to-back weeks. So mm-hmm. gonna have to gonna have to get ready. So it's kind of a good uh, little little kind of scouting, kind of little uh, little taste of what you're gonna see when they both come into Lubbock, and uh, which would be which would be great. Uh, kind of went over some uh, some defensive game leaders though. Uh, Krishan Merriweather, my goodness, dude, this guy had 17 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss in this game. My goodness, Jeez. dude, he was all over the field. Uh, he, he he's first team all conference linebacker. He, he he's gonna play on Sundays. I I, I truly truly think that he, he he's playing on uh on Sunday nights. Yeah, they're, they're like you you get seventy tackles again. He's led this team in tackles every game this season. Stud, just absolute stud in the middle. Uh, also, uh, Dejon Taylor Demerson with seven tackles and Kosa Eldridge with six tackles as well. Uh, kind of led your defense and. Um, you know, I know you, you say, um, you know, the defense gave up quite a bit of, quite a bit of points, you know, 41 points. They gave up, you know, 434 yards. You would think like, oh, that's kind of a, kind of a bad performance. Not really. Not really. They, they were getting after Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, uh, unfortunately, just is a, he, he is everything he was supposed to be the last couple of years. He's finally <laughs> getting to that to be that this year. I never really saw a whole lot in Spencer Sanders. A lot of people really hyped him up. I, I never really got that vibe out of him. Like he was this stud quarterback. This year he, he has absolutely proven me wrong. He has been everything they said he was the last couple years. I, I believe that now. And uh he's a guy who really can he can beat to his arm, he can beat to his legs. He's you know a true dual threat. Uh but yeah kind of some total numbers. Texas Tech had five hundred twenty seven total yards three 379 through the air, 148 on the ground. Uh, penalty yards kind of kill us a little bit. We had six penalties for 50 yards in this one. Uh, third downs absolutely crushed us. They were eight for 22 on third downs today uh, and four for seven on fourth down. Uh, they did have uh, the time possession. They dominated time possession with 32 minutes as to OSU's 27 minutes. So, yeah, those, those are kind of some things that, Really kill them. They had thirty first downs. Dang, that's that's quite a bit. But oh my God. yeah, that's insane. so. That kind of um that kind of wraps up my little take on this one. I, I'm not really 
gonna sit here and uh dwell too much on this loss like yes no, like no matter how much you expect your team to lose losing still sucks you know like, it, it doesn't feel good and you know regardless whether it's against a seventh rate team or an unranked opponent doesn't matter like if like losing still feels bad but i i didn't really i'm not gonna sit here and dwell on this one at all you know i thought there was um a lot of good flashes for some good things to come in the future you out there, you played tough for four quarters. That's all you can really ask, you know? I agree. Uh, but you have any uh, you have any final thoughts on that or before we go ahead and move into one of our favorite segments, man? Um, no, I think I pretty much said everything I've wanted to say. I mean, just got to move on to the next one. And uh, if we have a bowl game in sight, the next two are must-wins. Absolutely, you know, and I think that uh, we definitely can get to a bowl game. I think going five and seven—that's that's a real disappointment this season. I think that's not too wild to say, um, considering he's a first-year head coach. But I think we can definitely win six games. I think we can beat West Virginia. I think we can beat Baylor at home, and Oklahoma's looking beatable by the week. So, yeah, and especially Iowa State this, as well. yeah, especially this um this past week where they got shredded by Texas. So that's looking like a kind of a winnable game in Lubbock. And then Iowa state, you know, Hey, we never really play well on the road up North, but this is a different Iowa state team. Um, they played tough against K state. Of course they do every year in Farmageddon, but still you got to realize like, you don't play well up North, man. It's, it's, it's in the cold. It's late November. Like, you know, ugh. like they definitely have the advantage on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, I, I still think we can get to six or seven wins this season. I, I truly do. But uh, yeah, that's gonna go ahead and wrap up our uh, a little analysis, a little recap of Saturday's performance. Uh, not disappointed with the uh, result at all. You know, it's time to go into this bye week. Go ahead and take on Idol. We never lost against Idol before. Not going to this <laughs> year. Tough matchup this week. Um, but I think we're ready for it. Uh, but yeah, time to just get healthy, rest up, and um, just game plan for uh, West Virginia. So, Nesto, I always ask Zuni this question, but Nesto, do you know what time it is, man? Ooh, do I know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, buddy? Is it easy money time? It is time for some <laughs> easy money. Let's go. All right, welcome into Easy Money. First up, first game on slate. Uh, I didn't want to. I don't want to go over the last week's wins and losses because uh, Zuni's not here. I did send him this week's slate of games and asked him to uh, send me over his picks and what they are going to be. Uh, so I didn't really want to recap last week's without him here. So we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into the slate of games that we are betting on this weekend. First up, we got. Penn State versus Michigan. Michigan, a seven-point favorite with the over-under of 49 and a half. Nesto, who do you like in this one? Uh, Go ahead and give me that over for sure. Give me the over on that. 
And I should have liked that Michigan minus seven. Yeah, I'll take Michigan favorite. Yeah, I think uh, I think Michigan definitely covers. I the over under. It's kind of hard to see this one being a um, being kind of a shootout, considering both these teams playing. You know, it, it's typical Big Ten. I feel like the over under is really right on the money there. But I'll go ahead and take the over just because I like to be a little a little dangerous. You know, a little risky, a <laughs> <laughs> little risky. <laughs> uh, but uh, next up, we got Miami. Going to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech. Miami is a seven-point favorite in this game with the over-under of 48. Nesto, who you taking, buddy? Oh, this one's a tough one, man. Miami's very inconsistent. Um, Remarkably. Oh. Uh, I, I got to go over. I got to go with the over on this one. And I don't know if Miami's gonna win this one. I really don't. Think Virginia Tech's gonna cover? Uh, yeah. Give me Virginia Tech covering. I'm, I'm, I'm risking it. Virginia Tech gonna beat that spread. Uh, Virginia Tech's kind of a bad team this year, but I don't really trust Miami as much. Kind of the same boat as you are. I do think this one will be over. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, but man, I, I just don't know if I trust Miami. It's not exactly. my issue. <laughs> so, I, I, but I, I think I will this week. I'll, I'll give them one more chance. One more chance. No. Uh, I'm going to take Miami in the points. I'm going to take the over. Oh, you're really uh, risking it this week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like I said, dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Live on the edge, man. Up next, got NC State going to the Carrier Dome to take on Syracuse. Syracuse surprising a three and a half point favorite at home with the over under of 42. Nesto, like the Cuse in this one, man? No, give me NC State covering and, and give me the over on uh, 42. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty simple there. I, uh, I mean, NC State's, I think they're five and one. I think, I think Syracuse is five and oh this year. They, they play really good in that dome, man. It, it's hard to get a win against the against the Orangemen in that dome. I think I'm actually going to take Syracuse to win this one by oh, man. I don't even know if they win by four. Uh, can they win by four? No, I, don't, I actually don't think that. I think Syracuse wins. They do not win by four. So I'm going to take NC State to beat the spread. And I think I'm actually going to go and take the under in this one. I think it'll be a really defensive game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Zuni call uh, Syracuse the G-Men? Yes, he called them right. the G-Men. <laughs> the G-Men, Orangemen. <laughs> it's, oh, it's New man. York, you know. He, he's a Jets fan, which is no way to live. But G-Men. <laughs> well, moving on, though. Got a really surprisingly good matchup. This this one, I'm surprised this one's not getting a whole lot of attention. Got Arkansas versus BYU going to Utah in this one. BYU a one point favorite at home with the over under of sixty six. Nesto, man, mm-hmm. who, who do you like? Do you like the Cougars in this one, buddy? Um, this one's a really tough one. I've been thinking about this one for a little bit. But I'm gonna go have to. I'm gonna go with Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas winning outright. Arkansas. 
to win outright, yes. All right, awesome. What about the over under, um, man? That's tough. I'm going to go yeah, under on that one. <laughs> 66, I'm going to go with the under on that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't are they, see are it they... being like a 24-20-ish game, in my opinion. I can definitely see it that way, too. I think I'm going to have to go with the home team in this one. I'm going to have to go with BYU winning. But the over-under, uh, I part of me can see it going both ways, being a shootout and being a defensive game. Yeah. But I think it might be right tough. there in that sweet spot, though. Uh, I think I think I'm going to have to I, I'm, I'm gonna have to take the under. I'm going to play that one safe. Yeah, let's take the over there. It's just that is more than dangerous. I don't even know what you can say about that. <laughs> It's almost that like just, just staying away from this one entirely, <laughs> but that's not what we do. That's not what we do. Uh, up next, got Alabama rolling into Tennessee and the Rocket the Top. League. Bama, a eight and a half point favorite with the over under also at 66. You're rolling with the tide in this one, or do you think Tennessee finally? Upsets Alabama after like twenty something years. Um, I think I might be yeah, exaggerating like, on that one, but uh, it's <laughs> not not by much though. <laughs> I don't know if Tennessee wins outright, but they cover the spread. I think. And go ahead and give me that under <laughs> sixty six again. I mean, nah, going, there's no way. This is my upset of the week. Tennessee wins against Alabama. They win it outright. And really? I'm going to take, I'm gonna take the under. I think I think this is ten, finally Tennessee's year. They got everything rolling. They went down to LSU, beat the brakes off the Tigers in Baton Rouge. Not a lot of people do that. They did. They had a really good game against uh, Florida at home. You know when uh like Florida's a team that they typically don't beat very often uh, anymore. Uh, they got the dub at home. I think the Tennessee team is really rolling. You know this game would mean a lot to them and the fan base and you know. Josh Heupel is going to have them riled up and fired up to to finally beat the tie. And I think this this Alabama team is not the one that we're used to seeing. They should have two losses on the schedule right now. I think they probably should have lost to Texas, and they probably should have lost to A and M. You know, I, I think they narrowly escaped. Does their luck continue to hold up? I don't think so. I, I I don't I don't see them coming away with just a slim margin of victory in this one. So I think Tennessee's gonna be ready to play. They're gonna be fired up and looking to get the the upset at home. You know, finally get some uh, real, real national recognition. I believe College Game is gonna be at this one as well, like their second mm-hmm. time in three weeks here in uh <laughs> there in a Rocky Top. So you know, their their fans gonna be thrilled about that. So I got Tennessee upsetting Alabama, and I'm gonna take the under though. I respect it. <laughs> I definitely respect that. I can see it happening either way. I, I want it to happen, man. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the Alabama fan base has actually been pretty, pretty cool to tech fans and you know me myself. Uh, so I, I don't root against Alabama. Like their fans, the fans are actually really good. You know, I, I will say that, and they have every right to talk as much trash as they want to about their nice, but they actually don't. You know, it's it's almost frustrating. <laughs> it's like I want you to rile me up. <laughs> You know, but uh, they they don't. Um, so at least not in my experience. But up next, we got Northern Illinois going in 
to Eastern Michigan. Got some action going on here in the Mac. Uh, Eastern Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite with the over under of 65 and a half. Nesta, I know you really don't know much about these two teams, but if you had to, if you, if you had to pick one in here, man, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going Eastern Michigan. I'm not going to bet against them. <laughs> and uh, definitely going with the under. The under? Yeah, that sounds better. I think NIU is going to make it a close game. I, I don't think Eastern Michigan uh, covers. I, I really don't. I, I, they're not going to beat NIU by eight, so they're, they're not going to cover. Uh, but up next, we got Stanford. Go on the road to take on Notre Dame. Uh, two squads have really underperformed this season. Notre Dame a 16 and a half point favorite with the over under of 54 and a half. Nesto, who do you like here, man? Uh, I like Notre Dame covering. I don't, uh, no, I mean, and they went outright. I mean, why not? Yeah, I'll go with the over on this one, 54. Yeah, I'll go over. I mean, asking Notre Dame to cover 16 and a half, that's, that's a tall <laughs> order. I mean, you think they're going to beat Stanford by 17? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm risking it. I'm risking it. I'm not. I, I think Stanford's going to beat the spread. <laughs> and I think I'm actually going to go the under in this one. I think it'll be a really defensive game. But up next, we got Iowa State versus... Texas, Texas, a 16 point favorite with the over under of 48 and a half. Kind of a weird, weird under over mark right there. But uh, Nesto, mm-hmm. who are you going with here, man? Uh, it pains me to say it. I'm going with Texas. They're going to cover and they're going to win outright. And I'm taking the over because I do believe that Texas is about to score 40 points by themselves. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I'm gonna take the over in this one as well. And unfortunately, I think Texas will get the dub over Iowa State. Asking to win by more than 16, that's kind of taller to me considering Iowa State typically has a really good defense. But um, you know, I, I I think Texas can get it done. So yeah, I'm gonna go with them. Hope they don't, but that will. <laughs> uh, up next. Kansas going on the road to take on Oklahoma. Oklahoma, a eight and a half point favorite with the over under of 64. Who are you liking this one, man? Give me Kansas. <laughs> Kansas going to beat the Kansas. spread or Kansas went They're outright? They're going to beat the spread. Both. Uh, went outright. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the over under? Um, that, I'm going to go under, man. I'm going to go under. I don't under? think you, yeah. I, I like the under as well. I like the under as well. Now one, uh, Oklahoma will win though. They they will win by ten. I, I think they can do that. I think they're uh, really kind of having a good look in the mirror this week after that decimation against their arch rival in Dallas. Yeah, I, I think they're um, they had a real come to Jesus moment this week. They'll 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 beat Kansas by ten. And the last one, since we don't have a Texas Tech game this week. We got Oklahoma State going on the road to take on TCU. This one's going to be a really, really good one. TCU is a four-point favorite with the over/under of sixty-eight and a half. Who do you like in this one, Nesto? Uh, 
Give me Oklahoma State in this one, and that over under is man. It's it's tricky because I can see it going over, but I can see it being way under as well. <laughs> uh, give me the under. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. I think they'll win outright, and I think I'm gonna take the under as well in that one. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we're actually in agreement there. Yeah, watch this game be like forty to forty. <laughs> I I can see that too. You know, yeah, I mean, this has been such a I wild year in college football. Like I can I can see anything happening, but you know, I I feel like I I picked the perfect slate of games. I'm going to go undefeated this week, and uh, just absolutely beat the beat the crap out of Zuni this week as well. So <laughs> really, just elevate my lead. But uh, that'll wrap it up for easy money. Uh, before we go ahead and wrap up this show, you got any final thoughts, any shout outs? Uh, you know, feel free to drop your socials if you like. Uh, anything you want to say to the folks, Nesto? Um, shout out my dogs, Blue and Luna. Blue and Luna. Love them. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear my dogs. They are barking a lot downstairs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my dogs, Molly, Maxie, Max, and Maisie. So yeah, all M's. Really hard to. Really hard to, to to call them. I separate them sometimes, but you know, <laughs> whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, that will uh do it for this edition of the Loner Podcast. Thank y'all so much for joining us. For Nesto Martinez, I am Jonah Young saying so long, and we'll see you next time here on the Lone Raider Podcast. <laughs>